0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dragon Talk. I am Greg Tito, and I'm joined by. Me? Shelley Mazenoble. Mazenoble. Yeah, I feel like that was a, uh, to the tune of Hero uh, by Mark Anthony. Nice. Yeah, yeah. You will be my hero. <laughs> that was Shelley really Mazenoble. That was a really good Mark Anthony. It's pretty good, right? Yeah. Impression? I always thought it because, you know, I always thought he was eating those Greek sandwiches, not actually. Oh, like a Euro. Euro. Yeah, but yeah. not a Euro. Yeah, that's how he says it. Yeah, it's happening. We play Eros and heroines in Dungeons and <laughs> Dragons. I can't make it go. There's no segue there, uh, but it's exciting to have you guys here. We're going to be calling up uh, uh, Celeste Conowich. Also exciting. Yes, from the Venture Maidens. She was uh, in the podcast of Annihilation uh, oh. and her entire crew uh, last week. Pretty exciting. I see us. We can see ourselves now. Yeah, Why? Uh, we're also recording this on Twitch uh, Look at my live. Posture. We do this on uh, on Mondays, starting at like two p.m. Pacific time. So, yep. uh, Twitch.tv slash dnd for those of you in Podcast Land listening to this, uh, and for those of you in Twitch. Hi, how are you? Hi, good to see you. Hello, good to see you, uh, podcast people too. You're all good people, no matter how you listen or hear or watch or do all the things at as the you're same here, time. Man. Uh, speaking of things, are you playing uh, uh, Tomb of Annihilation out there? Because everyone can play it now. It is in stores. It's in uh You can order it online. You can buy it from Roll20 uh, or Fantasy Grounds or D&D Beyond. Did you know this? It's available yes. wherever you get stuff yes. from Dungeons and the Dragons. It's crazy. pretty cool. It's everywhere. Um, people are playing it like crazy. I keep seeing lots of people tweeting it out. Uh, so that's amazing. If you... Want to show me a picture of your group uh, playing through it? Go for it. I love the idea. Uh, the the green devil face, people are putting the book up to their face and like, ah, like yelling uh, on the other side of it, which I think is also really cool. I've been trying to retweet those, uh, I think uh, – uh, Teos actually started the Alpha Stream he was that's the one who was good. like I'm trying to get more people to do this and he was very smart uh, good one job of, one of our awesome uh, Adventurers League writers as well as a wonderful Dungeon Master in his own right we should do that we should well, I don't know why I, you know what that's dumb why haven't I done that I don't know I've just been retweeting it but I'm like I do own oh. a copy of this book as well
1: and you scream all the time.
0: I do a lot of open mouth screaming because I'm right. usually excited about things. I'm like,
1: ah, all the time. Yeah, like a Muppet.
0: Um, we have a whole bunch of fun stuff coming out on the Twitch channel. I'm not going to go through it all right now. But uh, if you were interested in more and different shows coming on uh, doing Stream of Annihilation ish stuff, uh, you can check it out. Uh, we got High Rollers. We've got Roosters and Dragons as a new show. One Grung Above is a show that Chris Lindsay is doing with uh, uh, a lot of the same crew from when his uh, Stream of Annihilation game. Good stuff. He loves those grung. He yeah, loves he, he loves frog people. Yep. I wonder what that means not sure about, about his turtles, psyche. But he doesn't... Well, a I don't turtles are cool. he's a turtle guy. No.
1: I, think, I feel like if you like grung, why wouldn't you like a turtle?
0: I mean, anthropomorphic amphibians and reptiles all get together and hang out. I, I mean, feel like,
1: like they'd be in the same section at the zoo.
0: Exactly. And the yuan you will be there oh, too. Yeah, like, be so there snakes, turtles, uh, all hanging out together, having oh. fun, yeah. having a beer. Probably. Yeah. Just drinking some water, (laughs) sitting on a log, saying it's not easy being a red grung. Uh, This is like the singing, a musical podcast so Uh, far, this episode.
1: you know, our guest has a theater background. Does she? Yeah. yeah. That's amazing.
0: You know what? I feel like now at this point, I'm going to go really high and then say like 90% (laughs) of the people we talk to have some kind of theater background. It, it comes or up. Or
1: upstate New York. Or upstate New York. Or
0: both. Yeah. They're two, you know, centers of, of our world. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, right. I just did uh, a tour of uh, – uh, uh, the boat that goes on the Joko cruise, just for the fun of it, just to check and see what it's so all it's about. So it's
1: docked here, just uh, hanging out. It
0: was just docked here. Yeah, it's going, it's going north, uh, but then you know, and then it goes to the south uh, in the winter time. Mm. Um, but uh, the person who led us on that tour uh, is an awesome lady, and uh, she had a theater background. She's like, "Oh yeah, I, I went to school for musical theater." I'm like,
1: "Really? Of course you did." Work on a cruise ship singing?
0: No, no, no. She does uh, PR. She does like publicity yeah. and PR. Yeah, uh, that's a
1: good good career U- for UNCO. a theater person. I know,
0: right? Yeah, you and I. <laughs> Obviously. And everybody else I mean, out there, obviously. obviously.
1: So, did you really do stand up while you were on the boat? No,
0: that was just a joke. It was a stand-up well, good, joke because
1: I was mad that you yeah. would do it and not tell me. All those
0: empty seats. I'm
1: such a good laugher. I am so good to have in the audience for a stand-up show.
0: Nice. I will ask I you when line. I make my triumphant return to uh, to the microphone. I will mm-hmm. make sure you're there. I don't want to see you though.
1: No, I'll be in the back.
0: Yeah, just be in the back. Okay. I don't want to. Ha- yeah, I'll, I'll hear you. <laughs> I have to invite you and Chris Lindsay. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Big time content. laugher.
1: Um, Distinctive laugh. Did you get a norovirus when you were on that Joe Joker?
0: Well, yes. And uh, now, oh, uh, you have to make a con save. Oh, you just got the norovirus. I got 18. All right, fine. Maybe you're okay. I think you might be safe. Whew. But you did just touch. I just had the norovirus. That's you just not touched like it. it I trapped I'm you. Not,
1: I, I seriously like, have like, a touch of anxiety right now just oh talking about well, it. If
0: you're going to spew, oh.
1: spew into this.
0: No, no. Did you guys Wayne's World reference? Nobody? Anybody? Anywho, uh, we are excited about Podcasts of Annihilation and all the diseases that you can get on cruise ships yep. um, and in the jungles of Chult. Yep. There's lots of them. There's mad monkey disease. Don't make it happen to in your— there's in a your death plague. There's a death plague. No. I
1: think I'd rather have— The death curse? Spell. Death curse? The spell plague. The spell death <laughs> curse. The death spell? <laughs> <laughs> can I
0: cast the death spell? Uh, well, I mean you can cast finger of death if you're a, 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 it's you know able to cast ninth level spells. Um so, yeah, the, the podcast of Annihilation has been out there on our Dungeon Delve feed, uh, which is different than our Dragon Talk feed, and it's also now on Google Play, so you should go check out all the episodes that awesome people made uh, about those. There was Nerd Poker, Taking Initiative, and Counter Roleplay, Dungeon Rats slash God's Fall, uh, Sneak Attack, Drunks and Dragons, Venture Maidens, who uh, uh, Celeste is on uh, right now. Uh, we'll be talking more about her. Uh, Dungeon Drunks, D&D is for nerds, You Meet in a Tavern. And we're going to be talking to uh, uh, Adam... Uh, and uh, another person from D&D is for nerds uh, at the end of this <laughs> at 4 <laughs> p.m. Pacific names. time. Uh, so you guys are awesome. And those of you uh, who are listening to this in podcast form, uh, you'll be able to listen to that probably next week.
1: You meet in a tavern is still like, really one of the best names I've it's ever heard. Name. Why yeah. didn't we call our podcast that?
0: I, well, because uh, then we would imply that we're actually drinking instead of that we're fake drinking.
1: People already think we are.
0: Mm, this podcast is so good.
1: Oh, my God
0: it's Tito's bucket just throwing it out there Um, those of you uh, who are listening may still be able to watch uh, Extra Life when it comes out it's on November 4th Uh, we'll be playing a whole bunch of uh, Dungeons and Dragons I will be hosting kind of from here while throwing it to different places all around uh, the country Uh, on November 3rd they'll be starting you're
1: like a regular old Ryan Seacrest
0: I'm trying I'm trying (laughs) but isn't he he's on like the Today Show or something now isn't he no he's on like the Kelly 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 I know See, I always wanted to be, you know. I I think I'm the Kelly Ripa, and you're the you're the. uh, uh,
1: So you're like the diva that drives everyone away.
0: Yeah, and you're the Michael Strahan, uh, Regis Philbin. Okay. Yeah.
1: You don't have a good reputation.
0: I don't. Really? No. Oh, dang it! Is that true? I feel
1: like that would be more me.
0: (laughs) Okay, you can be the Kelly Ripa. You can be the Kelly. I thought a
1: nice person.
0: See. (laughs) Wait, who's the Hoda? Who's the Hoda? Oh, to, I would be the Hoda. You're the Hoda, and i you're I'm, the Kathy Lee. I'm the drunk. You're the. They're
1: both kind of drunk.
0: I guess that's true. Oh, yeah. All right,
1: we share that role. Why can't we just be we the share sh- that burden?
0: Can we just be the Shelly and Greg
1: of yeah, of, of let's who we just are? Stick with that. All right, gosh.
0: Um, but, Sorry, uh, I keep distracting you. Extra life is going to be super fun. We're already uh, more than halfway to our goal. We've got like oh, more like than twenty five thousand dollars raised to go out there. D and D community, it's good by stuff. The way. A lot of it has to do with the total package, which you can get on uh, the Dungeon Masters Guild right now. Uh, everything that uh, Wizards of the Coast would get from that package is going towards uh, our extra life total. Um, it's 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 a total amount of money that's going.
1: <laughs> totally crazy. It's
0: totally crazy. Wow. Uh, but it's super fun. The package itself details what it's like to have a total. As a player race, if you don't know what turtles are, they're basically anthropomorphic uh, turtles. Uh, Oops, t- turtles, tur- turtles. Uh, they, they're awesome, and they all go to this one place uh, in the uh, uh, peninsula of Chultz for spawning purposes, and the that's sewer? like their, their their settlement. It's a sewer. They eat pizza there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they have one uh, rat friend. Uh, they wear bandanas. They wear bandanas. They have a guy with a hockey mask.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know all these characters. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh,
0: yeah, nice. Uh, it's awesome, uh, and uh, the team here did a great job putting it together. And uh, it, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with uh, with tortles out there. Plus, yeah. you also get to help kids, so nothing wrong there. Um D&D Beyond has been out. They also have the tortle package if you want to get it there uh, uh, in digital form. I suggest you check that out. Uh, Tales from Candlekeep is an amazing game uh, that is... essentially the board game of uh, Tomb of Annihilation that our friends WizKid is making. Uh, It's the Adventure System games, so like Castle Ravenloft or um, uh, Wrath of a Shardalon and Legend of Drist and the Elemental Evil one. There's another one. It's Tomb of Annihilation. It's going to be a physical board game. You can purchase that in stores. But Tales from Candlekeep is the digital version of that board game, Uh, and that will be out in October, and I'm pretty psyched about that. Good stuff uh, from our friends Become, who make our website. Just throwing that out there. Also, Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms is in early access right now. You can get it on Steam, uh, and uh, it's you send your guys out on adventures. They kill monsters, they collect loot, and it all happens in real time. Ooh. So you can optimize them, move them around, turn stuff. You, know, you get like bonuses by having people adjacent to each other or not. Uh, and then walk away. You can just let it run uh, oh, all like night that. long. Uh, and uh, get all the gold, and then come back the next day and level them all up. Fun little game for Done. little bite-sized amounts of time, or you can spend tons of time in there. But uh, you know, you can play you it the way you to. want to play. You don't can play to. it. You be you. You be you. Um, Betrayal of Baldur's Gate is coming out October sixth.
1: It's on your list. Yeah,
0: of course it is. Have we not talked about it before yeah, on this podcast? I, used... I feel like we're always forgetting but to it's talk not about
1: usually it. Usually on your on your official list.
0: It's totally. Thanks, Pelham. Yeah, way to go, Pelham. Thank you. Uh, and that's soon. The Access Analysis Anniversary Edition is coming October twentieth, is that's that right? That's right. Nice.
1: Yeah, it's my dad's birthday.
0: Ooh, are you gonna get him one of those? Access Analyze Anniversary Edition. Yeah, easy peasy. Yep. Right? You're yeah. gonna buy it, right?
1: Yeah. Of course <laughs> I am. What do you think? <laughs>
0: Get it for them. It's good stuff. Uh, also, we have lots of good streaming stuff happening on here. I mentioned all that. It's 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 amazing, uh, and uh, we'll be giving more and more news uh, for everything that's be coming out uh, in 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 those channels on the Twitches, making it happen. All right, I think we've done enough announcements now, and I think we should call up Celeste. What do you think about that? Yeah. But first, we have to go to a segment. Yeah, let's listen to some lore and or some sage advice. Okay. Right about now. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. All right. Welcome to another segment of Lore You Should Know. My name is Greg Tito, and this is the segment where I talk to Mr. Matt Cernet hello, and Chris Perkins Howdy. about Dungeons & Dragons
2: lore tidbits you can
0: uh, use in the
2: Forgotten Realms. Or... We're
0: talking about Dragonborn! And today we're going to talk about Dragonborn!
2: So other than might them... be acquainted with a Dragonborn named Archon, who just ran off with the Hand of Vecna. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes. In uh, Matt Mercer's Critical Role campaign. He is a, uh, uh, he's also in Force Grey. Right. So where did these Dragonborn
0: come from?
3: Well, <laughs>
0: we had a funny
3: little road to get here. <laughs> does it start with the Draconians? Is it going to start there? It does not, actually. No. Oh. So, so Dragonborn starts in 3rd uh, edition, 3.5, actually. Uh, oh. And uh, I think it's Races of the Dragon that started out. And in that, Dragonborn weren't a race like you imagined them. No. Uh, you would... They were a completely
2: different draconic race. Yeah, you, basically this. if
3: you were a, a worshipper of Bahamut and Bahamut liked you a lot and you liked Bahamut a lot, Bahamut would sort of reform you into a dragon person because he Thought that was cool, and you thought it was cool too. Yeah. Yep. And you would go into an egg, right? Yeah, and you'd kind of like come out a dragon person. Yeah. Yay. And you were dragon born. I'm a dragon, person. I'm a dragon exactly. reborn. Yes. yes, makes perfect sense. I don't, they should have been called a dragon hatched, is all I'm saying. Because <laughs> they're not
2: born, they're hatched. <laughs> so when uh, fourth edition was being formed, uh, we were looking at all the races and making decisions about what to include. And uh, some folks thought it would be great if you could, since the game is called Dungeons & Dragons, actually play a dragon in some way, shape, or form. So they talked about the idea of bringing the Dragonborn forward, but then decided that the story may have been too restrictive and so they kind of undid the buckles a little bit, loosened it up, and then it went through a process of development and redesign until it became a completely different thing. Mm. Totally, totally different. Yeah. and As happens when you get a number of people working on the same thing at the same time. And,
3: yeah. and, and so as, as fourth editions sort of want to do, um, the Dragonborn then got kind of wedged into lots of different campaigns and worlds and so on as, as time went on. So, right.
2: Um, there was some retro, you know, Insertion into established canon to explain how these creatures just, why they just didn't suddenly pop out up out of nowhere.
3: Yeah, uh, and so in Forgotten Realms, that's that's the whole idea of uh, two worlds of Beer and Toril kind of passing through one another. That kind of explains part of the the continent of Beer, world of a Beer, is left in the world, and basically the area of what is Unther. And the Forgotten Realms, and uh, it's now called Time Anther, and there's Anther nearby, but whatever. Um, and those dragonborn kind of then spread out from there uh, at that point. Yep. And the
2: tale of their spreading out in their lands is covered in the Aaron's, Aaron Evans novels, right? Uh, which features a lot about dragonborn culture. And actually, Aaron developed a lot having to do with dragonborn culture because she was probably the, most, um, the author most intimately familiar with um, the, that race.
3: Right. Yeah, we had our actually commissioned her to do sort of a document about it when we were doing fifth edition because one of the problems with um, the the fourth and the third was that. The art was very different, and then there there's the whole issue of well, there's a whole bunch of dragonborn that are female, and we pre- depict them with breasts, breasts and so then <laughs> it's like, what's going on here? Because we also say that they lay eggs, and then and so I mean, like she um, went through and very logically sort of laid out all of these different things that we should we should do um, mm-hmm. with dragonborn and sort of how how to kind of make things work. Um, you know, she she toyed with the idea in that document of, about making them um, what are they? I think it's called monotremes. Um, you know like uh, uh, oh, uh echidnas and platypuses where yeah. they lay oh. eggs, but they also um the the young take milk and so on, but then she was like, "You know what probably we just shouldn 't have them." I have so much cleavage, and <laughs> that will solve that problem. It
0: makes there. A lot more yeah. sense, yeah. and so
2: it? with fifth edition, the breasts went away. That's right. Um, yeah, which makes sense, uh, especially yeah.
0: if they're they're fighting.
2: Paladin. And actually, the only reason the breasts are on the Dragonborn to begin with, and God, I was in the room when this decision was made, um, was because we were looking at art, and there was really no real differentiation between the male and the female. And when we were making miniatures at the time, mm. we felt like yeah. we needed to have some physical something visible. That differentiated them and so boobs appeared on the female Dragonborn minis. Yeah, right.
3: I vaguely recall that because because it was like the the male and the female, there was a difference, a distinction in basically um, height a little bit and mm-hmm. sort of thickness of body a little bit. Right. But, but it was, when you're at this no, scale. Yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we thought about, too, with, with 5th edition, and I don't think necessarily is present in all the 5th edition art yet because it's this concept that came in late, uh, I, I maybe only a year or so ago now, that, um, is that the Dragonborn would be more distinguished by uh, sort of the the hair or whatever f- you want to call the it. The frill. The or barbels the- and frills and so on. So I forget who's who. I think it's... The females have the long hair, mm-hmm. and the males have the weirdy be- beardy bits. But it might yeah. be the reverse. Yeah, um, I remember. I remember that when that, that was
0: made because that would seem like a a good visual. Like, oh, that's that's how you can right. distinguish, or you can just ask. <laughs> you can just ask, <laughs> or you know. they're probably used to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We're uh, not really worry about it at all and just <laughs> go about your adventures as you would normally. watch see what outhouse
2: they go into. <laughs> <laughs> Do they even use outhouses? Do Dragonborn poop? Yes. <laughs> but like, We're getting like, to the hard-hitting questions yeah. here. You
3: know, in in 4th edition and 3rd edition, and uh, uh, leaking a bit into 5th, um, th- like, they're all over the map for what their appearance looks like. I mean, they're, they're, they're silver, they're brown, they're, they've got barbels, they don't, they... Um, they look more Dragonborn-y than not. I was just looking through some of the older stuff where um, – uh, for the launch of 4th uh, edition and uh, there it was, it was um, some things about uh, Stacy Longstreet who was the art director at the time doing uh, sort of rounds of Dragonborn and trying to say, OK, like, well, we've got this idea that we want dragons in the game and dragon people in the game. We want people to be able to play them. And we, so we played a lot with, you know, how human they should be or how dragon y they should how be. How much expression yeah. should yeah. they have? Yeah. And eventually right. it just ended up being, well, let's put a dragon head on top of it.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> if you want to play a dragon person, you <laughs> don't you really want to play yes.
3: like like a weird
0: lizard person from V or something like that. Yeah, you, know? you want right. it to be as human yeah. as possible. But so the, as dragon-y as possible. Uh, so.
2: the, the Dragonborn is a prominent figure on the cover of the fourth edition Player's Handbook. Mm-hmm. That yes. was an interesting decision because there were two covers commissioned for that book. Oh. And the one we went with had the Dragonborn most prominent. And that was because we felt based on the feedback we were getting early on, that it would appeal to a younger set. Right, right. Um, and so we made a decision to put them front and center. Uh, I can't say whether or not that was a great decision IP-wise. Probably not, because they're kind of a secondary race, um, second to the more conventional halfling-dwarf-elf-human combos. Yeah. And I think uh, we learned a lesson, though, from the Dragonborn um, in 4th edition, that is to say that we can't neglect our core identity and so with 5th edition you'll see that you, in the player's handbook you have the primary races up front and then the dragonborn and the tiefling and the gnome and the half elf the half orc are basically after them and treated as secondary options which is to say some DMs may not allow them in their campaigns right which makes sense and and yeah. I think
0: we can in this i talk about more about like if you were to use them what kind of ways what are their uh, cultures what are you know what analogs yeah. could you draw from them in your, in your homebrewed things? So like what, what, what defines, other than their physical features, what defines Dragonborn as a culture?
2: They have this idea of um, sort of coming from, uh, though they, have, they can have ties to dragons um, and the dragon gods. They can stem from lost civilizations, lost empires, um, and sort of either trying to rekindle the glory days or find their place in a new world
3: yeah in the in the Forgotten realms having come from a beer, they are very anti dragon and so yeah. anti anti all dragons because on the sort of plane or or uh world of a beer uh dragons are a very sort of dominant species that rule over kingdoms and and boss people around and oh, stuff okay. like that and so right. they uh that there is sort of a a section uh basically The rebellious kingdom of Dragonborn in Abir got transported to the Forgotten Realms. Um, in the midst of, more or less in the midst of their rebellion. <laughs> so they're on like this weird war footing where like, they're about to attack some things.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and now we don't have to attack anymore, but that's
3: all they know how to do yeah. in some ways. And and so then they're out in this world and suddenly it's like, whoa, what the heck is this? And um, they know they have, you know, North Jacinta, which has a big-ass dragon in it. It's yeah. Like, and then, war! <laughs> <laughs> and so they, they, um, they I think the, the idea that took place over Aaron's novels and um, that is present in the game now is that they're they're coming to understand like okay you know not all dragons are bad in this world the metallic dragons seem to be pretty good Bahamut seems like a pretty cool dude you know and where mm-hmm. it, it was in a beer they didn't really have anything that they would worship necessarily like because uh, there were the primordials not the gods over there okay. and so now they're like oh okay like paladins and clerics this kind of seems cool like you know
0: and so they're, they're sort of coming to grips with the world that they're in. Which is funny that you mentioned paladins because we recently had some uh, uh, data released uh, by our friends at uh, Curse and making D&D Beyond of the characters that have been created in there. And one of the you know, uh, more common combinations of class and race was a dragonborn paladin. Uh, and I feel like that just kind of hits on the... The notes of what people kind of think about for for that race. Be, yeah. like Generally warlike, bit proud, bit devout. Yeah. Honorable. Big. Uh, big you
3: know, right. And, yeah. and and a lot of our art from fourth edition definitely people who were fans of Dragonborn oh. saw
2: you know Dragonborn as paladins a lot because it was taking after the third. It may bit, have been the case that we had a really good Dragonborn mini early yeah, on. Yeah. That was a Dragonborn paladin figure. You're right. It was so, as, as well people, as the just, cover. You know, if they identify with the miniature, they sort of created a character to match, and so dragonborn paladins kind of took off. Yep. Yeah,
0: and then even the cover I think that you mentioned is a yeah. paladin on the cover, so that right. might just been yeah. uh, an image that just is lost in people's minds for yep. that. That's interesting. Uh, so I, I like that. I like that as a as a as a you know uh, character culture of like they're you know, they're they're generally warlike. They're generally uh, have like almost like a Klingon type level of like.
2: You they know. do have sort of. They seem to have an honor code, yeah, of one type yeah. or another.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's in Aaron's novels, um, and some of the stuff that's been done in various source books and so on. It, there's an idea that their society is sort sort of more meritocratic than most. Mm. Um, they have various clans and stuff like that that uh, that they um ally to, but. Uh, that it's more about sort of go out and do things. And, Anybody can yeah. can ascend in rank if right.
2: they
0: show the ability
3: to do so.
2: And you, know, you Get st- your lazy ass off the couch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's an idea that, that lighting cheetos. <laughs> Get a job.
0: <laughs> there's a sort of
3: Klingon-ish sort of vibe of like challenging people who have the top spot. And And, and I'm not sure how that works if it's a meritocracy and it's about like, you know, Who's the best weaver or something? But yeah. <laughs> you know. challenge you to weave off, <laughs> you know. But somehow that's that's yeah. sort of what how it's supposed to work, and, and that makes sense. So,
0: uh, so if people were going to uh, include them in
2: their game. What uh, uh, what kind of a nation could they be? Or, or uh... they can be all sorts of things. When my fourth edition campaign, um, which was primarily a nautical campaign, took place in the middle of a dragonborn empire mm. where dragonborn were among the dominant species. Uh, that was sort of tilting way over in the other direction and, and putting a lot of narrative pressure on a race that had not received that kind of pressure before. Uh, Was that a successful? Did you feel like... You- I? Well, one, one group survived and the other one didn't, so I'm <laughs> going to say I batted 500 on that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 50-50. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, 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 there's a lot there. when you When you scratch under the surface of Dragonborn, there's a lot to find underneath. They're not a superficial creation of the game and so because they've got these dimensions to them i think that dms will find as they start to play with the race that they have a full range um, almost as much flexibility to do with dragonborn what you can do with humans in the campaign world
3: yeah and i think i think that um you know when you link dragons to their clans or dragonborn to their clans and then you think about well you know, how do they view dragons? Are they thought of as kin of dragons or not? How do dragons view them? Um, you know, I think previous versions of Dragonborn, there were was the idea that you would be a Dragonborn of a particular color or chromatic type. Mm-hmm. Um, and less so now, I think in 5th, yeah. it's more sort of like a, a pan-Dragonborn type.
2: right. You're not right. like a silver dragon. I mean, you still choose or your breath weapon and your uh, resistance, which seems to hint at or tie right. to a dragon of a certain color, mm. and your scales may be colored accordingly. But,
3: but we can, you know, a DM could play that up more or less depending on what they want to do with it. Yeah. Um, and certainly, you know, having dragons be a more important part of your world, if you want to do that, you can have them come out and be
2: rulers of dragonborn kingdoms and stuff like that. it yep. be really fun. Yeah. Now where it gets tricky is if you want to use them in crin Yes,
3: and I, I joked
2: about draconians <laughs> as being the. It's like, being, what happens when dra- when a draconian and a dragonborn meet?
0: Yeah, they're like, hey, you, <laughs> I. It's like that uh, Spider-Man <laughs> gif where it's like, we're the same, but different. Yeah, so we'll cross that dragonborn. Just
2: like I was made the right way.
0: <laughs> from an egg. Well, it's,
2: well, it's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're all from eggs. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, there's
3: draconians. There's dragonborns. There's half dragons. What else we got? We've, we know there's others that we have. Uh, Quarter dragons. Yeah. I, Eighth yeah. dragons. I'm sure there are other things that we've done. Yes. um so, and, and they're all kind of occupying the sort of the same space. I remember there were discussions around fourth edition where, like, let's just adopt Draconians as our dragon people. Yes. And we were like, well, we can't do that because they're super evil and they turn Their people story into isn't, they're,
2: <laughs> they have a very strong story and we don't want to dilute that. Yeah. yeah.
3: And you, you don't want, like, the player character to be like, well, I got killed, so my the body turns to
0: stone or I burst into acid. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah, that's the other drawback is draconians sort of go out badly.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For those of you who haven't read the Dragonlance novels, go back and reread them. That's what we're talking about here. Uh, it's,
2: it's worth it. Yeah. All right. Barnabas the Paladin just turned into a pile of acid. <laughs> <laughs> Roll up a new character. <laughs> uh, alright awesome well that's definitely
0: uh, uh, scratching the surface a little bit on the Dragonborn it's up to uh, the Dungeon Masters out there to do even more so but if uh, folks have questions how can they get in touch with, uh, with you Mr. Cernet
2: I am on Twitter at, at Cernet S-E-R-N-E-T-T
0: and you Mr. Perkins
2: Chris Perkins D-N-D is my Twitter handle Nice. Yeah. Uh, if we get a lot of more dragonborn questions, maybe we'll do another dragonborn segment. Yeah, you we'll were see. you were joking about part one, but I feel like yeah. we could do a part two. Uh, so yeah, I, some... I figure like we got most of the key stuff out though. Yeah. Pretty fast. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You guys are getting good at this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys. We'll be
2: back with more uh, lore, and we should do a lore you should know on humans we should actually
0: <laughs> like where do they come from do they come from an egg I don't think so I'm not sure I'm the expert but <laughs> we're gonna have diagrams yeah lots of miniatures we'll make a heaven this is how humans make babies <laughs> we'll, we'll bring we'll bring in a little bit the little ones we'll have uh, uh, Quinn the and Xanathar Noble, will explain and, it to everybody <laughs>
2: there we go Allure, you should know about humans from the Xanathar's perspective <laughs>
0: now that is something I would listen to and yeah. or watch all, all right, right that's endless. let's end do it. All right, we're done. Thank you guys. Bong it up. Someone in here said, Kelly Rippa is a saint. How dare you? Oh! <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. You, Rudy, is not happy with you right now. Rudy? Yes.
1: Like, well, Rudy no. Rudy? No, the
0: name was You, Rudy. Well,
1: look, look, Kelly Rippa was on All My Children. That's how.
0: Was she really? Yes. Like, I didn't know like, that.
1: Like, way back in the day when I. Was watching it Oh And I loved her She was awesome But she now She played Adam Chandler's daughter His wayward daughter they Haley, don't. She just like showed up one day She had this black wig on And she was like Supposed to be like punk rock
0: Oh I remember that character
1: Yeah that was her Yeah I liked her She was good
0: Yeah Then what happened And she, she just Regis got, like, got a hold of her And
1: Regis ruined her <laughs> <laughs> ruined her. Just like you ruined me. It's
0: true. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I, I okay. quit. Now we're back to comparing us to talk show to hosts uh, and doing a terrible job of it. All right. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, that was a really good segment. I'm glad you got to listen to it. It was a lot of fun. Yes. Um, I'm. I'm 90% sure Ryan is still recording this. Are you? No. Dang it. He is not.
1: Ryan has quit. Just now.
0: Are we really recording? Can we do the the mid yeah, yeah, Are we actually doing it? Yeah. Nice, good. We happen to, it's making it happen. Uh, so that means that we can call up Celeste right now and talk to her. Oh. oh I like uh, how I can just say things and then it happens. It's amazing. Thank you, Ryan. You're a good person. Yep. Hello.
4: Hello there. Hey, Celeste, Hi. how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, folks? great now that you're here that's true oh thank you don't leave thank me alone you. with tito not again <laughs> i won't i'm here i promise
0: <laughs> it gets crazy <laughs> up in here it's yeah, nuts out.
1: welcome
0: nice yeah, oh happy uh, to be here. uh so uh you are the the dungeon master for venture maidens you also uh are pretty much the organizer of of, of everything that goes on there right
4: I am, yes. I'm the editor, uh, content creator, and yeah, the dungeon master for the Venture Maidens podcast.
0: How long you, uh, have you guys been running?
4: So we actually hit uh, a year I think a couple months ago because we actually started this whole thing on uh, Brittany Quintero who is our art- our artistic director and one of our players. Uh, it was on her birthday that I sent this, this text to everyone. So it'll be marked in our memories for all time.
0: Nice. What was the text? Was it like w- did you have Venture Maidens in the, in the, in the text of it?
4: Uh, no, I hadn't decided what it was called yet at that point. I think I was a few whiskeys in and I was <laughs> like, guys, you know what we should do? Up Podcast, this is great! Oh my god! And it was a long paragraph text that I sent to everyone. Nice. And luckily, they said yes. So here we are. All of them? All of them. That's immediately pretty. Immediately said yes. That was some text.
1: Yeah. <laughs> See, I have to drink more when I'm at work. I could probably be a lot more persuasive. I, yeah, I think that's true. Plus
4: five to persuasion. <laughs> for sure.
1: So you're also responsible for why some of these fair maidens play D and D, right?
4: I am, yeah. I think, actually, I taught all of them how to play wow. Dungeons & oh. Dragons. Yeah. Way, way back. Uh, we all go a pretty long ways back. I've been friends with all of them. Uh, I think Sage is the least amount for three years, uh, but the rest of them, I mean, Nassim and I have been friends all the way since high school, and I'm not going to give you a number on that <laughs> uh, to date myself. But, it's 475. Uh, been a long time. Yep. I'm uh, I'm a lich. You're I've a Rack. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the secrets revealed.
0: <laughs> You're from O Earth. It makes perfect sense <laughs> now. Um, that's very cool. So when did you start playing Dungeons and Dragons? Then what was what was your origin story?
4: So my origin story. I started. Well, I fell in love with Dungeons and Dragons when I was about ten years old. When my grandma moved into my house, and she had a bunch of boxes from my uncle that had been packed away and just filled in the garage, and she's like all right, I'm finally getting rid of all this junk, so if anybody wants to look around, you know, whatever. Uh, so I remember digging through those boxes in the garage and opening up one, and inside was a red box nice. uh, with a bunch of AD&D books and modules and old Dragon magazines, and that oh. was sort of the beginning. Uh, so AD&D was actually what started me That's cool. on this path. What were uh, they
0: left over from? Who, who owned them previously? Uncle.
4: It was my uncle, yeah, when he, he used to play in college. Oh. Uh, so he collected all this stuff, and, you know, when he moved out, he didn't take it with him. So I actually still have it all filling my shelves to this day.
0: That is so cool. Yeah. Having the artifacts. I actually I asked my brother uh, uh, where he got it because that, that was just very similar. Like It was just like I found it one day. <laughs> uh, no. And, and like I, I, finds we you. don't know where the actual – Book is that uh, that I I was my in either, but uh, but
1: where did he find it?
0: He says he might have inherited from a neighbor. Like there was definitely a part of our na- like our our uh, uh, block growing up. Uh, there were older people, and they just basically were like, here's a bunch of clothes and hand me down no, 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 no. stuff. Right and box. he thinks it was in there because they don't they don't have a memory of buying it. They're eight nine years old than me, so uh, uh, they See? were
1: it just appears. I want I... to be that person that when. Like twenty, thirty years from now, people are talking about how they got into D and D oh. and I want them to say, There's this strange lady that lived down on the block. <laughs> she did it. She, she cast did. a spell on
4: me. <laughs> Some kind um, of it sorcery. Was, yeah, it was super cool. When I found the books, I had, you know, those old hexagon grid sheets, like that were just filled out with these old maps that my uncle had actually run through and oh, I got a bunch so cool. of old character sheets too. So I still have uh, I don't even remember the name, but there's the Half-Elf Ranger, that uncle, if you ever want to play again, boy, oh, boy, do I still have that. Does
1: he know you have that? I was going to ask.
4: He does. So he actually, yeah, was in the gaming community for a while running a and d blog and going around. So it's sort of in the blood in a way. How um, he's He's been asking for them back, but he also lives on the East Coast. So he wants uh... them back. Oh, <laughs> he's like, I'll get One photocopies. Hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, here you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So, did he? He stopped playing then. He, he he was active, and then
4: yeah, he's had a few kids since then. So yeah. it's, it's it's hard. Uh, but I fully expect. Actually, last um, for the last couple holidays, I've gotten uh, together with my folks, and they've all asked me to run D and D games for them. So no actually, yeah, running for my uncles, my aunts, um, especially because now they're finally starting to understand what Venture Maidens is <laughs> as a podcast. <laughs> So they've asked to be more involved, which is really cool.
0: That oh, is that's cool. really nice. Yeah. Get them get back in, the, in yep. the swing of it. Absolutely. So you found these books. You found all this, these like, artifacts. Uh, <laughs> and then what was the next step? Did you start just pouring through it and reading it? And when did you actually start playing?
4: Yeah. So I was, I mean, I've been a pretty big pulp fantasy fiction reader for all of my life, um, but my family moved around a lot. So it was really hard for me to make friends. I just wasn't really great with people. So it was actually a few years before I was able to convince anyone to actually play with me. Um, But the first game I ran through, I think I had my sister, my younger sister, I cornered her and a couple of her friends and I ran an AD&D game for them. Uh, Which didn't go well, of course. Um, (laughs) And then my first real campaign that I got to run was, again, yeah, way back in high school, uh, a 3 5 game where I had, we ran for about two years. And that was actually my first game, which was uh, all the ladies of the drama department in my high school. So I ran for like about eight of them. And that was the first long term campaign that I ever ran.
0: Wow, that's cool. All right, so uh, go, back wh- wh- Why didn't the game with your uh, with your sisters work? Was it just because you were figuring out the game, or or?
4: You know, I I tried to give her everything. I gave her. <laughs> I remember I gave her a tiny dragon, and she just uh, she just hated it so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she uh, she now she played in the big family game before, but also just. You know, it's so hard when you start as a new DM. And I, I just want everybody to know that DMing for your first time never goes well. Uh, it just doesn't. It's hard. And uh, I look back on those days and wish I could run a game for all the people I ran my first yeah. five or six games for. I yeah. promise I'm better now. <laughs> they it probably the- don't remember it that way. It's being bad.
1: I think DMs probably put more pressure on themselves. Maybe it was pretty bad. Shelly's
0: talking from experience. Yeah, she does the same My thing. My game
1: really was bad. They told me after. They're like, this was bad. Yeah. They do remember it as bad. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the D and D team was like, you know what? You, you got yeah. here's all these ways about, to improve. How
1: about you go work on Avalon Hill now?
0: Oh no, that's oh, not no. what happened at all. Yeah,
4: it is. <laughs> <laughs> we all start somewhere. It's true. And end somewhere. I know. Yes.
1: We so do. it sounds like you uh, are mostly always have been the dungeon master. Do you, are you ever a player as well or do you I, prefer DMing?
4: I have a really great group of friends that uh, we pretty consistently for a while. We've been playing games on every Sunday and we have a rotational order. So I do have a lot of other friends. So Sage, for example, is a great uh, she DMs in the Roto for a real life group. Um but I would say for me it's probably about eighty percent DM, twenty percent PC.
0: Yeah. Do you, do you prefer but I do get
4: the joy every nice. <laughs> once in a while. Just to sit back and let someone else do all the work. Yeah. Just play my wizards and shoot some magic missiles. Oh, oh boy. Yeah.
0: Hells to the yeah. <laughs> uh so do you, do you think you like dungeon mastering over, over playing?
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, not overplaying. I enjoy both very thoroughly. But I think the more I DM, I think the worse of a PC I become because, <laughs> I, because I DM so much. And then I become really sensitive to what the DM is like. So I'm always that player like, guys, we need to focus, like go through the story. Oh, like, good. let's look at the puzzle. I'm like, ah, that's not, you know, the best <laughs> fun times coordinator. I actually
1: think that's good. Like, I, you know, they say you everybody should work in a restaurant. At least mm-hmm. once in their life, and then you have a completely new respect for a the pe- uh, people who are <laughs> yep I've done it uh, yep. But every player should have a you should try dming just because you will have a whole new appreciation for what your dungeon master is going through absolutely absolutely, yeah, the good people man
0: i'm that I'm that player though now too I find the instigator who is always trying to push it forward, right you know but trying to like think about like oh guys let's not we just there's things that we need to – I can see the plot threads that are there. Oh, no.
4: No, well, I, when you especially start reading modules and stuff too and you look at the structures of adventures and you realize there's so much there and so much to explore, it just – it really encourages you to have that explorative like let's push it forward. Let's keep going. I want to investigate. It's a, an inquisitive mind that you develop, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Thinking about which which story makes the most sense to go with at any moment and things like that. Yeah. So you mentioned you were a theater person, and uh, uh, we 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 talked to a, a large percentage of the folks that we talked to end up being theater people. Uh, and uh, so 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 props props to the theater.
2: <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I
4: think I've got I've got a weird little sort of niche. I studied classical theater, and specifically only for the stage. So a lot of the theater kids I run into, they're like, "Hey, I'm a theater kid." I'm like, "Great, me too." And then we don't have a lot to talk about when it goes to. <laughs> musicals or you know, like big productions i'm like i would love to tell you a shakespeare sonnet my boy <laughs> but that's not the general interest oh so
0: it's not know. it's not like you know uh uh you know, theripides and all the uh a- a- and all the like oh, the actual no, classical theater
4: Absolutely, here. you want to talk to me about medea let's go yeah day. let's go um, <laughs> uh, but so grecian and then shakespearean uh but <laughs> that's sort but of not, where, where my dime stop.
0: Nothing after, you know, 1700.
4: Oh, well, no. I mean, you've got your Beckett's and you've got your, mm. yeah, you know, throw in a little, also the theater of the absurd is nice. a passion of mine. Existentialism, you know, makes for a great dungeon master.
0: I did yeah. a uh, a production of, <laughs> of Ubu Ra in college. Oh, which, that's
4: an amazing show. It
0: still haunts me to Did this you do day. the puppets? We went insane. <laughs> Honestly, there was no, Good. yeah, there were puppets. There was a puppetry department at the University of Connecticut. So well,
4: there you go. They really?
0: leaned into that a lot. Yeah, it was like the only, there was the University of Hawaii and Yukon were the only two places that we knew of at the time that did an undergrad puppetry degree.
4: That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
0: wow. uh, so they leaned into that like crazy, and uh, we went even nutso into the Ubu Ra part of it. Like the guy who ran it, uh, who was also a, a role player, of course. <laughs> uh, of course. Uh, he basically created a cult for like three months where the cult of Ubu. Yeah. Yes. Where we Absolutely. we weren't allowed to talk about what <laughs> happened in the rehearsals. <laughs> Uh, a very fight club. He it was is. very fight clubby and people were like, what is going on? What are you guys doing? And we're like, I don't know. It's insane. I
4: know. I and know. I think I actually just, went nuts I'm for a i the dungeon master. I don't know. I yeah. have no idea. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> uh, and then later on, I realized they were all into you know way more drugs than I was at the same. So it was, uh. it, there was a lot of there was all that as well. Uh, but it was interesting as a college experience. I don't think I would want to do it. You know, in a professional life, but it was, uh, yeah. That one time in yeah. college. And then the people I still talk to who went to school with me will be like, oh, God, do you remember Ubu? And I'm like, yeah, it was. It was How could
1: I not? don't talk remember? about it. We don't talk about it. Are you allowed to talk about it? I don't it it? Well, I Are guess I just. you going to in trouble because you just talked about it? I know, right? Ryan, you got to edit out that whole part. He's going to find me. He's going to get hurt. Nope. I know. NDA.
0: <laughs> 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 we got friend-D-A'd. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But I love I love uh, the theater and that there's this now these interminglings between role playing uh, in a gaming sense with fantasy and then the folks who do it now in a more performance level. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's I don't know. It's it's just amazing to see.
4: Well, I think for me in particular, uh, because I'm not doing much on the stage now since Venture Maidens has begun. I feel like this has actually become a perfect marriage of my theater background and my lifelong passion for RPGs Mm. Um, because every week you're creating a story, right? And you're creating this situation and engaging a bunch of other people and inviting them to be in the space and to, it's not, it's not all the bluster and fuss of performing on a stage or making a whole production. It's very real. It's, it's sort of, Refining what what you do in the theater to a more human, personal level, which I really enjoy.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you get you just you get just as drained.
4: <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: <laughs> as you would being on stage for three hours oh, or something if like anybody that.
4: Anybody follows me on Twitter, they know I'll just send out all these tech, like tweets about. Oh my gosh, I just I can't sleep after that last game. I'm just <laughs> like, man, just spinning. Oh my god.
0: That's um, true. It really does. Okay. Take it a all six, out of you.
4: A, a six pack helps.
0: <laughs> of, of, of wine, <laughs> I hope, right? Mm.
4: Oh, God. <laughs> well, I'm not okay. looking to die, but <laughs> half a bottle or a six pack, you know. <laughs> pick oh, your I know. poison. Or a full knows. bottle, who am I kidding? <laughs> right. no, if you've a... watched The Venture Maidens on Twitch, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Lots of sips here and there. So, yeah, did you guys always do podcasts or did you transition into doing more uh, uh, stuff on the Twitch as well?
4: We started with everything, huh? which was, oh God, I can't believe we're still alive to this day. Um, so we started from the beginning. <laughs> we figured out how to live stream. None of us had ever podcasted before or ran live streams or done any of that. Uh, but I was like, OK, we're going to start. We're going to do the live stream. We're going to record it. We're going to put it on YouTube. And then we're also going to make a podcast. And here we go. All right. Let's how do we do it? Uh, <laughs> It's a great way to so, learn, but, I guess. Yeah, it was a pretty intense experience. Yep. Uh, but we are still standing here to this day, much older <laughs> and wiser. What, what, have what have you learned? What have you learned? Asking uh, for a friend. How it goes. Right. How how microphone work. Um, basic concepts there. But then also, I think in the beginning, we really had to adjust our play style a lot. Mm. I mean, I'm used to running these. You know, you sit down with your friends on a th- Friday night, three, four hours, you know. You drink, you hang out, and it's a very casual sort of running a game. But when you're in an environment where you have an hour and a half to play, and you have that hour and a half, and you have people watching, you you have to move the plot, and you have to get enough content to turn into a great podcast episode, that's a huge challenge for a dungeon master. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, So keeping that pace running, but also staying true to the fact that, you know, I've never wanted to be that person who's like, we're just doing it for the performativity. I want my players to have a great time. I want us to have that real flavor of like being around a table and playing games. So it's been an interesting balance for us all to develop.
2: There
0: is a thing where it's like you're, you you know, it's not just people sitting around a table and and mouth and off like you have a performative aspect to it in that you're like all right well here we are we're it, there is an audience and mm-hmm. you have to, you kind of have to do that too but you're right you don't want to lose the the naturalness of yeah, being that's, that's a, a group of friends
4: yeah and i think uh venture maidens in particular i think we managed to do a really good job preserving that um i think that's one of the reason people Enjoy us, uh we don't do a lot of like grand production, and we are very true and sometimes you know we get a little messy sometimes <laughs> it's not exactly what you expect, but it's all very honest, uh which I think is one of the big appeals of the venture maidens podcast
0: I think so in listening to the uh the the episode for for podcast of annihilation, I was, I was... <laughs> Uh, impressed with your cursing skills. Uh, oh, all of the entire nice. ca- the entire cast it was like oh, yeah. And,
4: and we went light cuz we knew you were <laughs> <from that. laughs> so really You should tune in. Yeah. I was like,
0: happen. "Oh, I wonder if they're like do, uh, going more cuz it we're seemed
4: not, we're not doing it up. I promise you. I know one of my one of my aunties listens to the podcast and she told me that. and I'm like, "Are you wait, really?" Uh, she's like, "Yeah, n- you know, it's great. It's a great story, but you guys just curse so much." I'm like, <laughs> "Uh Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's sort of part of the culture of being gamers. I, I don't know. It's uh... <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't know if
0: that's true. I mean, I think everybody you know, I think it's just you, I, I like you, that you guys were uh, doing it as you would around the table. You know, like that's right. absolutely uh, that was one of the things that made me feel like, OK, yeah, this this is just, you know, a group of friends playing.
4: This is That's 100% the flavor we like to capture in our podcast, and that's, that's not going anywhere for the Venture Maidens.
0: Nice. Yeah. Good. Stick your, put, your, put your flag in that. This is our brand. Is.
4: Get it. <laughs> so when you
1: sent out that text, that initial text, were you guys already playing together and you just decided to do it as a podcast or had you so- not had this group together?
4: So Sage and Brittany and I had been playing in a game that actually lasted three and a half years I was running this campaign. This is when we all lived in San Francisco. Uh, But then Brittany moved down south and then I moved up north. And so our gaming group sort of disbanded. So it was about six months later that I sent out this text. Um, and I, I honestly, a big motivation for that too is like, Hey, we've all been friends for a really long time. We've played some great D and D, you know, why don't we, why don't we do this crazy thing and get it back together and start a new campaign and let other people watch it.
0: Getting the band back together.
4: Yep. (laughs) All stars from across the coast.
0: (laughs) Sweet. So how many, so, uh, you guys all call in from, from different parts around the world, around the country.
4: So we're all in California but we're all up and down the coast. Got so it. we're we're all about a day's drive away from each other in California still.
0: Do you guys Which try to meet easy. Yeah, do you try to meet up uh, uh, occasionally so it's not just over the interwebs?
4: We haven't actually all been in the same room together yet to record a session. But every once in a while, you know, everybody will, of course, we'll make trips up and down. And like uh, Brittany and I just went to Gen Con, actually. So that was really nice. cool. We got to go and hang out for a week and hang out at Gen Con. Uh, but yeah, we actually, yeah, that's crazy. The four of us haven't been in a room recording together <laughs> yeah, this entire time. I what happen. I know, right? Yeah. The so
0: wine would flow.
4: Yeah. Oh my God, it would be a mess. It would be a hot, beautiful mess.
0: <laughs> this must happen.
4: So it must.
1: <laughs> is this like your vision, like when you initially conceived of the idea, or has it morphed into something different?
4: I, It has morphed into something that I'm so proud of what mm. we're doing. I don't think I could have conceived of how well... We could have done this. I was just sort of like, oh, a fun time excuse to play D&D with my friends and maybe people will like it. Uh, But now, you know, we have this great community surrounding us and we're making just this amazing content and being involved in projects like the podcast of Annihilation Project that brought me here today. It's just been so much more than I ever could have imagined.
0: That is pretty cool. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And I'm right there with you. It's I know, right?
0: I mean, it's also just nuts. I mean, I, I when I talk to people about you know the the state of Dungeons and Dragons in the world too, you're like, when did, where did we get to this place? You know, because I mean, you I know, like, when strange. you found those books that your uncle, you know, I bet there was a little bit, you know, you were a little bit surreptitious about it, and you were like, oh gosh, oh, nobody knows about this thing, <laughs> and then now it's it's uh, you know talked about uh, everywhere, you know, and, and there's pot like. I don't know. It's I, it blows my mind.
4: Absolutely. I mean, I've been I've been playing D&D for 15 plus years and it's just incredible to see how much the community has shifted and changed. And now with the advent of, you know, you can watch D&D on Twitch, you can talk to people on the internet, you can enjoy your campaigns and share all of that around. It's just it's crazy. I mean, when I picked up that, you know, that red box, I had no idea what D&D was. And then I got to learn like the backstory and all of this, this huge history around the game. Uh, But it's become this cool Titan force of pop culture these days that is just incredible to see and participate in.
0: Cool. Well, I'm glad you're participating in it too. Uh, And now I want to know, I mean, you guys do a like homebrew world, right?
4: We do. Yes. So I, I make up the world. I use, of course, all the, the core rule books and then throw in a lot of extra stuff. Yeah. And I play it pretty loose and fast with the rules from time to time. But uh, yeah, it's uh, so I actually ju- <laughs> in all the years I've been DMing for that group that meets on Sundays in real life to mm-hmm. play together at a table. I actually just started running Curse of Strahd, which is the first nice. module I've actually ever run in oh, cool. all of this time. I've always done homebrew. I didn't really until fifth edition, like the modules seemed just sort of they were idea points, you know, something to pull something out of. But fifth edition has made it really cool and cohesive and easy to pull from. And of course, I was drawn to Curse of Strahd because I've loved the Ravenloft series Mm. forever, you know, reading Curse of Adam and like because that was all in the box.
0: (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So, I mean since a lot of people uh uh listening may not uh know of your podcast. What uh what's tell me about the world. I want to know about uh, the the world that that you guys are playing in.
4: Yeah, so we're actually we're set in uh it's it's medieval fantasy world, so you know that starting basis, uh but the world we're actually playing in. So the continent itself is called the Plains, spelled as you would for P L A N E S. Uh, so, like the magical planes. Okay. And um, just the, the, the specific continent in is ruled by the Eladrin, actually. So, it's a world that's oh. very close to the Fae world. So, magic and reality in these two worlds kind of interplay. So, the Fae are sort of the ruling source in this place. So, strange magical things happen all the time. And uh, the three PCs are working for an organization called the Sisters of Sorrow, which is Mm -hmm. sort of based on, like, the three fates, quasi, like, you know, it's all about the past, present, future, god, force sort of thing. So they're like, yeah, mercenaries that just get the job done and have their own sort of nefarious intentions that the maidens haven't quite figured out but maybe are starting to learn.
0: I like the, uh, the, the, the Greek myth kind of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, mean, tendrils yeah, in there.
4: Yeah, tell. and they're based out of the Elysium Keep, so if you're, you're nod to Greek mythology, right there nice. all through. Perfect. Yeah.
1: So is this a, one of many homebrew worlds that
4: you've created? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have notebooks and notebooks and notebooks.
0: Following <laughs> in following That's in your awesome. uncle's footsteps. Yeah, yeah.
4: exactly. Absolutely. Just creating cities, places, lands, and counters for this many years. Uh, you have quite the collection. I love it.
1: Do you ever think about maybe writing some of that up and putting oh, it up, up on the DMs Guild?
4: Man, or? I would love to. And uh, what's really great about this whole experience is that I've met so many talented content creators, especially, yeah, through the DMs Guild. And actually, um, so we're on Don't Split the Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. So James and Tricasso has written a bunch of stuff for you guys. So The yeah. Seller of Death. Uh, so getting to know him and talk to him about all this stuff, I'm like, yeah. I totally could do this. Uh, It's just every day uh, the book is opening wider and wider, you know, and uh, so the possibility is definitely there that I'll be writing something up in the near future.
0: Well, James, James is good people. So, uh, yeah, listen to him. Exactly.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We actually just did on his show Tabletop Babble. uh, He interviewed a bunch of the DMs for a podcast of Annihilation as well. So if you want to check that out, I think it's up on the. All the places. Do. do
0: it. Make it up. I think I, ret- <laughs> I, think I retweeted that uh, earlier today.
4: Heck yeah. Because I was like, sweet. I like it. It's good stuff.
1: I
0: like how the community, you know, psh, Once goes. Once again.
1: The, the, oh, yeah. It's an awesome community. Yeah, All, we have Josh
4: support. and Lauren and Joe on there with me. So a bunch of the other cool podcasts.
0: Sweet. Uh, so, yeah. Did, did you know a lot of those folks uh, ahead of time before Podcast of Annihilation happened? How, how did that? Uh, I think I think Josh reached out to you. Is that right?
4: Yeah, I didn't actually know anyone. Oh. Um I you know, this this community walking into this, I I wasn't really sure how big it was or how many people were out there. Uh in terms of podcasts, I'd only listened to Drunks and Dragons and the Adventure Zone for actual play D D podcasts and then a ton of other ones. Uh so that was a really cool opening up the world experience. And Josh, yeah, ended up calling me one day. I was just standing in my kitchen and he sent me a Twitter message. He's like, Hey, can I call you about this D&D project? I'm like, who are you? Okay. <laughs> sure, great. Here's my number. I hope I don't regret this. And then he called me. Super nice guy. Invited me to do this thing. I was like, what? This is amazing. So I was on board ever since then. That's so cool.
0: It's funny yeah. how things like that, right? You're like,
4: I don't know if this is the right uh, thing. to do, anything.
0: And then you're like, boom.
4: Obviously. Yeah. Like, what if I hadn't picked up that phone? It's a very... Uh, Interesting cinematic moment. Yeah, it's so one of those difference. sliding doors <laughs>
0: type uh, yeah. things, right? Well,
4: what would you be doing right
1: now instead?
0: <laughs> Probably still talking about D and D. You
1: know my one weakness. <laughs> 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 I love it. Uh,
0: so when you when you were doing uh, more theater, were you a director? Were you a writer? Were you a producer? What what kind of uh, I, I, I have a theory about Dungeon Masters, so that's why this is a leading question.
4: Yeah, I was sort of all of the above. I hadn't really found my place, I think. Uh, I did a lot of acting primarily to begin with, but over time, uh, directing and producing became a huge, huge interest for me. And I think now the the beautiful thing about being a Dungeon Master is I get to do all three. Yeah. Um, Especially, yeah, with all the back-end stuff, too. I'm producing and I'm Directing a little bit, and I get to do my my funny character voices, but I don't have to do them all the time, which is just fantastic. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: What's your
4: theory? Yeah, does that
1: match your theory?
0: Yeah, yeah. no, I think so because I think
4: director, I, I
0: think director, yeah. stage manager, producer, uh, I you know that type really kind of coalesces around a dungeon master who's able yep. to keep a you know a group of of, of people same, meeting same every trade. week. Right. You know, like yeah. just having the, the, it's not even like a skill set or anything. It's really just the gumption of like, we're going to do it. that's like you did the, when you sent out the, 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 text, you know, right. I, and, and my the ca-
4: charisma to be the party leader. You yeah. Know, and, part it up.
0: and people yeah. will follow and they're like, yeah, that is a good idea.
4: We shall do it. Right. <laughs> you have my sword. <laughs> and my axe. Precisely. So right. had you been
1: to a Gen Con before this year?
4: i had not so that was did a you think this was cool... a good one to go to well for me like i'd never been i had no frame of reference britney and i had were just so new to it and it was incredible for the reason that we got to meet so many people like us who are working on these cool projects and just so open and wonderful To be honest, we did not spend much time at the con at all. We just hung out with everybody, like just meeting up with people like in bars at the end of the evening, like running dungeons that we wrote on napkins in 10 minutes, like playing at the table without dice like that. That kind of stuff was why Gen Con was just so remarkable.
0: Yeah, you can go without ever doing anything official and still feel like you you attended the con.
4: Exactly. It was just the people being there. Um, I think it just continues to surprise us—the uh, warm welcome that we've been getting in this community.
1: So, did you go as a official like ambassadors of Venture Maidens, or just as Celeste and
4: Brittany? Yeah, so don't, don't split the podcast network. They actually got us a uh, DMs passes oh, cool. and we, yeah, we were on the network panel there. So as one of the shows on there, we got to talk about, it was actually really cool. It was the same exact day that you guys gave us the green light to announce that we were on podcasts of annihilation. Oh, so it was perfect. cool. We got that Yeah, two hours before we went into this panel. And, uh, so I was just bursting with joy as I told everybody in the room, like, Hey, we get to do this super cool thing now. (laughs) It was, it was a lot of fun. What was their reaction like? It It, it was great. Um, people were super warm, welcoming, uh, wanted to know what we couldn't, couldn't tell them about the book. Um, (laughs) wanted secrets. Of course. Didn't give anything away. Uh, other than like, I think the tomb of annihilation is just, it's super cool. Um, I love all the content in the book and was just so stoked to be able to unleash that.
0: Unleash. That's a so good word for it. So
4: your podcast hasn't aired yet, right?
0: No, it did. Yeah, oh, last, it did? Well, yeah. yes. People uh, who are listening to this on the Twitch, it is out and, and in podcast. Form. And It'll podcast. be out for a month or so. Yeah.
1: So did you go through the book and find something that just spoke to you that you wanted to explore? Or how, how did you guys figure out what, what part of this you were going to do?
4: Yeah, so I, I was hanging back to hear what the other dungeon masters were going to do for a long time because I'm like, I want to be different or like you know. um So everybody picked these cool sort of like reasonable what you could do in two hours. <laughs> reasonable. And then mm-hmm. I just made the decision to jump all the way to chapter, what is it, five or six, and play with the Yonti and do that dungeon because that was a great decision. <laughs> uh, so I, our podcast episode is is... It is a mess, but it's a fun mess. Um, it is you know, a fun mess. When your mess. PCs yeah, decide to, to charge in there and take on a big bad with no weapons or armor, you know you it have a, a group with you. It was a very suicide squad, sort of.
1: <laughs> and they were playing the same characters that they play in the... No, they were not, so we okay, just did good. one-shot characters. I was going to ask, like, what happens? And, like, these no, one-offs, no, yeah. and then you have to go back to the... <laughs> Like yeah, it was we... a really bad dream?
4: No, <laughs> oh, no, no. It was just a one shot that was, and, okay. you know, we ended up playing for about four hours. So I had to cut two hours out of it to make it fit. And I, I have a hard time stopping people if they're having fun or oh, like yeah. really exploring a character moment. I, uh, I, I just let people go. So it was my burden to bear editing four hours down into two. But I think it turned out pretty well.
0: So you, um, uh, at the beginning of the adventure, you flipped a die you did, it was a 1d4. I, in my,
4: when
0: I was, when I was listening, I'm like, is that, were you determining, uh, what you were going to run or was that just where they ended up when they, when they teleported? Uh,
4: it was where they ended up when they teleported. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. I think that's actually a mechanic that was in the book.
0: Oh, you might be right. I do
4: believe. So don't give me too much credit for that one.
0: The only reason I asked is because... Uh, on your team. Yeah. Good old Chris Perkins. He put it. I put it in there. Um, but uh, no, what's his... Uh, uh, Nerd Poker, uh, Dan Telford did uh, something oh. similar, but he just rolled the D4 to see like which side track they were going to run. Uh, oh, that's cool. Uh, and ended up doing that. So yeah. there was... Uh, the element of randomness and just what you were going to run is always is always fun.
1: I feel like this adventure really lends itself to randomness. Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
4: <laughs> it's really cool. It's I mean, just the, the potentiality of just all the additional side quests and content and things you can throw in. But you do have that strong, overarching story. I think this was a really well designed book in general. So congrats, you you guys. Thanks.
0: It was all it was all Shelley. And was, you I, helped
4: a little. I mean, I came up <laughs> with that one funny me. name. You were there for me.
1: <laughs> I was lifting you up. You lifted Cheerleader. That's yep. really important. Yeah, it is. So, Love, yes. lift, moral I'm glad you like my book.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, and the other two are okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I like the ones I didn't actually work on best.
0: Uh, so Celeste, I just realized in this picture that you that you sent us uh, that you are a druid uh, at uh, you know a very yes. sacred site in England.
4: Oh yes, I made a, a circle of the moon pact to always have dungeon master skills. Um, so <laughs> nice. I traded my my soul to the great stones of the ancients. Nice for that power.
1: You look very impressed in the picture.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I could do that. I just you know <laughs> I just pulled it right off my website. I'm like. What's a picture that looks like I'm a dungeon master? <laughs> that really is serious. You can see that appearing right. over guess. a screen. Yeah. Yeah. Stonehenge
0: in the back, yeah. making uh, <laughs> making all the, That's a very fantasy-like place. It totally. really is amazing. I'd love to
1: run a D&D game there or play in a D&D game
0: there. Sure. Yes. Yes.
1: Spread it out right there.
0: I'm sure the the, 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 the Mounties or whatever. The, uh, the,
4: Not let you do that. They might. It's D&D. <laughs> Did you try? <laughs> very Did you try when you were there? I didn't. I didn't have any friends with me. it be me playing <laughs> D&D by myself.
0: <laughs> Just start getting random strangers. Be like, How would you, you like totally to participate biased. in some fantasy? Would you
1: like Hi. to? Hello. Would you like to go on an adventure? How will this die? You know what makes <laughs> guess, uh,
0: British well, um, people more comfortable is when you uh, you know imitate their accent at them.
4: Right. Absolutely. They love that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I do it all
0: the time.
4: Absolutely. Would you like a spot of tea? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Of <laughs> Would you like I'd some go Vegemite?
0: We're going to be talking to, Wait, uh, you know? Yeah, I sure. no. The
4: dance fans, guys. They'll be here soon.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I was just going to say, we got to get our, uh, good day, mate. We got to get our uh, Australians in there.
4: Um, I love those guys. They just, uh, so funny. It's, it's, it makes me angry how funny they are. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love that. That is a that is thing where you're like, oh, you're too funny for like, to be real.
4: Wow. Dang it. <laughs> Why? It's,
0: it's otherworldly.
4: Some of that
0: over. <laughs> yeah, right. can I have some of your funny juice?
1: We can make them unfunny.:
0: We can. We'll if anyone funny, can, boring. we can sure. <laughs> <laughs> We'll bring it down. Uh, all right, so uh, you create a list of all the uh, depressing subjects we're going yes. <laughs> we're going bring up.: Yes. Can make. Uh, it was really good to talk to you, uh, Celeste. I feel like uh, uh, we, you know I, I want to I pick your brain more about uh, the intersections of, of theater and, and RPG mechanics, so we'll do it more.
4: Yeah, I'd be happy to talk to you all anytime. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. Where
0: can people uh, find uh, more about the Venture Maidens and, and what you're doing?
4: Yeah. So the best place to go if you want to find out about The Venture Maidens is our website, theventuremaidens.com. There you can find all of our social media links, our Twitch streaming schedule, links to our YouTube, our Patreon, everything we're doing. So that's all up on there. But of course, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're really active there. So follow at Venture Maidens. Or if you want to talk to me personally at C Conowich on Twitter. And yeah, we'd love to hear from you talk to you very engaged with our community and just so appreciative uh, to be able to hang out with you all today.
0: Me too. Me too. Me three. Hey Good Aww. stuff. Uh, yeah, go check out the Dungeon Delve um, uh, feed. Uh, I think we did now have it up on Google Play and iTunes, and basically anywhere you can get uh, podcasts. Uh, your episode went up on th- Wednesday, I believe.
4: On Thursday. Thursday. And then of course, you can also find it on our streams so of *Avenger Maidens*. If you type that into iTunes or anywhere else, uh, but yeah, on the feed right now on since Thursday.
0: Check it out. It's good stuff. And uh, uh, you know, drop some f bombs while you're at it.
4: Yeah, uh, you know what? And venture away. Adventure while you're at yeah.
0: it. Oh, <laughs>
4: <laughs> see, oh, my hashtag.
0: That's such a good. That's such a good catchphrase.
4: I know.
0: <laughs> venture away, Celeste.
4: Venture away. We yell it drunkenly at the end of every episode. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, good stuff.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have you on again soon.
4: Yeah, thank you guys. Have thank a good you. One. Say hi to the
1: crew for us. Absolutely. Okay. Peace out. Bye. Bye. She's good people. I like her. Yeah. Fellow theater.
0: Yes. The classics. I know. Did you ever do any, like, Greek stuff?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Me? (laughs) No.
0: No? Did you ever do any Shakespeare?
1: Not because I wanted to.
0: Oh. Did you ever do... Any theater? (laughs) (laughs) Any theater? Nope.
1: <laughs> it was the only degree where I didn't have to take a math class. That's why I did it,
0: Dad. That's why I did it. Yep. That's yeah. all those thousands of dollars Yeah. for podcasting. So I could like do true. this. Yeah, it's true. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We had all that background so that we could uh, talk to other people one day.
1: <laughs> about their theater careers. About theater, careers. theater
0: things. And <laughs> yeah, and what they were doing with it. No. Good stuff. Yeah. Are you going back to Ithaca anytime soon? No? No.
1: Maybe over the summer.
0: Oh, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like my summer place.
0: I like it. Yeah. It's on the Finger Lakes.
1: It's very beautiful. It
0: is. Like, the summertime is great, but now it's going to get into the not great zone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's going to get a little cold. Chile. Who knows what's happening with our weather? Who knows? Uh, uh, Maybe it'll be warm.
0: Who knows? But we uh, are out of here, I think, for this podcast episode. I you think about so. that? Yeah? Right? Yeah.
1: Ryan says, please, just kill me now.
0: Kill oh. me now with the oh. ten-sided die.
1: We can
0: do that. Oh, I just got a great idea. What? Let's do a uh, spoof musical.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: You know how they, like, you know.
1: Spamalot?
0: Yeah. Let's do like a Spamalot. Okay. But you know how they do episodes of, uh, you know, popular television shows? They're like the you musical was? episode. We could do the musical episode of Dragon Talk. We where tried we, that, I think. Did we? Yeah. Yeah. I think I tr- tried to do the intro to this and now we're doing the outro. I will kill you with this 20-sided die. It'll go in your mouth until you die, die, die. It's a die, get it? It's a pun on die and die. No, no sorry. That's. I, it
1: will go in your mouth until you die, die, die? <laughs> You're, we got to pull that, Dude, his wrapping up again.
0: There are uh, rules for improv. Have you ever heard of the yes and? Not the, ew, oh, no. The, God.
1: There's, well, there's the yes and. What did and, you just do? And there's the, Ew, no.
0: <laughs> it's the the, no. Sh- the Shelley School of Improv.
1: Hence why I didn't really do any theater. <laughs>
0: Nobody wanted to work with me. They're like, you're terrible.
1: you know, no, girl.
0: That's why you're a critic. Yes, yes, I'm
1: a theater critic.
0: I love it. Yeah. Uh, all right, then fine. We won't do the musical interview. I don't uh, know if I can. Hour. All right. Well, when we get tired. Nathan Lane on here, we got to do something. All right, That's I'll what I'm be saying.
1: Because
0: cool he plays Dungeons & Dragons, I'm sure. Right or Lin-Manuel Miranda? Come on.
1: Well, he's we're now like a degree away from him.
0: Yeah, I know, right?
1: Thanks to Patrick Rothfuss.
0: Yeah. So.
1: If he doesn't play now, he will.
0: He will. He will. Oh, he will. We will make that happen. (laughs) With a die die, die in his mouth. mouth. No, we don't want to do that. All right. uh, So, what do you want to say in closing here? Anything you want to wrap this up? Really
1: fun. Thanks for being here. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> we are high energy today
1: We're, It's a moving day It's a Saturday. moving day,
0: I know, it's terrible uh, So you can follow me, I'm at Greg Tito uh, Let me know if you have any good uh, You know, Twitter uh, Lyrics that I can steal And put die, into die, our musical
1: die, die. <laughs> It's Where, catchy, I'll it, give you that See,
0: I was going, I had it I, had, I got something. going to be a big hit Where can people find you?
1: If you want more of this excitement that you're getting right now Woo! Woo! Twitter at Shelly Moo or find me on Facebook. The writer Shelly Mazzanoble. Not the other one. It's very boring there. Don't go to my regular Facebook.
0: No, Yeah, right. Exactly. No. There's nothing cool there. No. But what is cool is finding out about what we do here at DungeonsandDragons.com. You can also follow it on Wizards underscore DND. Again, we record these live so you can see all this hilarity happening and also the stuff that gets edited out on Twitch.tv slash DND. TV? TV. dot TV? Twitch.tv slash DND. That's going to be in the musical. you got to have that, right? It's going to be catchy. People are going to sing it, whatever. Ryan just yawned. Just throwing that out there. I know.
1: It's like 105 degrees now.
0: (sighs) And we're just done. All right. Thank you, guys. We will bring it for the next one. I promise.
1: The next one (laughs) in two minutes.
0: In two minutes. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Uh, We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Dragon Talk. Yep.
2: bye. Wait, what?
1: just distracted by seeing us we're so cool I don't like it